Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Hi. How are you? I feel like we're both doing well. How are you doing, Purse? How are you feeling? I'm doing good. Did you know there was like a full moon? No. And you know how like people say like things are always like a little weird when there's a full moon? I was feeling that. Like it and later um I saw someone post on their story about like, oh, it's a full moon. Like the reason why my week has been so like shitty basically is because of this. Was this last week? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because there were multiple moments last week where I was like, people are acting weird. Like something's in the air. Like something's going on. So that was it. It was. And I think it might have been Sunday, I think was like Sunday, Monday, sitch. Because I was like, yeah, like there's something, like some energy. And at one point we just have to laugh and be like, what's going on? Like even just the, me spilling the wine is such a moment of like chaos. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but purse, you're just clumsy. That's not the moon, sweetie. <laughs> sweetie. How much do you hate when I call you sweetie? <laughs> Have I ever called you sweetie? No. No, no, you actually haven't. <laughs> there is nothing more condescending than sweetie. I think like you told me that one time, so I was like, no, you've never called me sweetie because I remember you saying like it's such a condescending vibe like sweetie okay definitely didn't mean to give off those vibes but also you're a clumsy gal and i say that with love because i'm a clumsy gal i'm always dropping things breaking things like it's just who we are that's actually true it's not surprising i drop everything and the amount of times like sarah remembers this i had to like switch out work laptops because like i've <laughs> yeah. i've spilled like stuff on it yeah and i just think like we as uh millennial women I think we attribute way too much to the moon and the stars like I think that guys don't at me I think definitely they have they have an impact okay but we can't say that because of the moon we spilled our wine because we've been spilling wine since uh since we had our first glass of wine okay I pretty much spilled my first glass of wine so yeah I think I did too there we go. Messy times. But I'm glad you're doing I'm glad you're doing good even though things have been strange in the ether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just I I think sometimes that just happens even with like work and I don't know, just like things happening. But it's fine. Like all of us, you know, we move on and when I saw that, it just gave me a uh, some uh what's the word? Like validation when I was like, "Oh, there's a full moon." It is nice sometimes to just like blame the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just blame the world essentially. It's not me. It's not me, it's the world. But how are you? It's been a while, um, as you were saying, since we've done a, done a solo episode. Yeah, also I think it's funny when we call them solo episodes because like they're actually duo episodes, which is kind of cute. But I've been great. Things are good. Things are good over here for Sarah. The summer's fun. Getting back into work, uh, having a good time with friends, going on lots of trips, enjoying nature, just just living life. I, things are really good. Mental health is uh, is really top-notch at the moment. Oh, good. I'm glad. And like nothing better than just feeling good in the summer. You know, like... I know. I know. And there's nothing worse than feeling bad in the summer. So I'm happy that this is, a, this is a, one of those summers where I'm like, mm, we got it. I'm just feeling like things are aligned. You know what I mean? And I'm going to be seeing you very soon. 
Yes, guys, Persis is coming to Vancouver very soon in like a month and a half ish. And I think we should do an in person recording. Yeah, we, we definitely should. I'm down. Cool. If you guys have any topics that you want us to discuss when specifically we're in person with each other, let us know. I always forget like no one can really see us right now. So I'm like making a face as if it's like, okay, let's move on. But all they'd hear is silence. Yeah, I wonder if they like the silence sometimes. They're like, shut up. (laughs) But anyway, Sarah, what is this topic going to be? I feel like you're going to lead the way on this one. And I'm excited. I'm leading the way on this one because this topic really interests me and we have never talked about it, which is crazy. We were just saying to each other how like in two and a half years of doing this podcast, we've never discussed this topic in length, at length, which is so funny. But we're going to talk about tops, bottoms, and verses and what it means to be a top, a bottom, or a verse, and all sorts of other things under that umbrella. Because it's so interesting, in my opinion. Um, it's super nuanced. It's not just as black and white as you think it is. And a lot of people think it only applies to queer men. Um, And in a lot of ways, it can apply to many relationships because it's not just about sex, but we're going to get into it. And I'm going to lead the way here because I've done some research and I want to see what Persis thinks. Just also want to um, preface that like neither of us are queer men. And so talking about this topic, I just want to make sure it's super clear that like we are not the experts actually in this specific topic and um, we're just discussing it as a queer girly and a straight girly and um, the research that we found online but would love to talk to a queer man on the podcast who maybe has a bit more expertise in this area. Yeah that's actually really interesting because I feel like really quick to say this because I know like you've been doing the research but I feel I didn't really know this like started with queer men because in the lesbian community, like we always talk about like top switches and I guess verse also like the other term for it, bottoms, pillow princesses, like stone tops. We're going to get into all of this, but yeah, like I, I guess it was kind of more of like a queer men. Like I think maybe that's what people thought. But then for me, I was like, well, lesbians are always talking about this too. And I was more like, does the heter- do heterosexuals do it too? Like, I don't know. I feel like we all think it's maybe belonging in one section. This is so interesting because I actually didn't realize that lesbians talked about these dynamics as much as they do. And it's like they talk about it so much that you weren't sure if it started with gay men or started with lesbians and gay men. So we're going to get into it and we're going to discuss because there are so many ways to look at this. But if you have always been curious about what it means to be a top, bottom, or reverse, or maybe you're trying to figure out if you identify with one of those labels, hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll have some clarity, maybe some more questions. Um, we can always do a follow-up episode. But starting from the top, Persis, Abraham, I didn't do a ton of research into like when the queer community started using top, bottom, and verse, but I did find somewhere that according to some theories, the queer community started using top and bottom as sexual descriptors in the 60s and 70s. So it goes really far back. Um, And this was when queer people, you know, still had to kind of be super secretive about their sexual preferences, but also just like being queer in general. So they had to kind of come up with codes and ways to 
talk about things without saying it outright. So that's when people started using the terms top and bottom. And this was around the same time that people also started using verse. So all three of them kind of appeared around the same time. This is way back in the 60s and 70s. So it's been around the block. And through the years, I feel like the terms have developed into what they are now, which is what we're going to talk about. So in general, this is all from the online, okay? So guys, if we talk about anything that y'all think is like incorrect or not your experience, please call us out because we love that. We love to talk about that. But in general, the way to kind of conceptualize bottom, top, and verse. A bottom is the receiver, insects. A top is the giver, insects. And a verse is someone who does both. So usually when you hear about these terms, it's referring to queer men and anal sex. Um, and that's, that's, I'm saying that in like a broad way. So it's like the bottom is the person receiving the anal sex. The top is the person giving the anal sex. A verse might be, able to, might be interested in doing both. Um, but as we're going to talk about, like it's not just reserved for sex with men. There are tons of other ways that we can talk about bottoms, tops, and verses. Just like you mentioned, Purse, it, lesbians talk about it all the time. So it doesn't just have to be about sex with men because a lot of times what we're talking about when we say top, bottom, or verse is a power dynamic more than anything. It doesn't even have to be about sex. Sometimes it's just like how you are and how you behave in a relationship. Maybe you have more of like a top energy or a more of a bottom energy. So a more nuanced way to look at it seems to be that a top wants to take control during sex or in the relationship. A bottom wants to relinquish control. They want to give up control and be submissive during sex or in the relationship. And then a verse is interested in both. Or maybe their own version of both. Maybe it's a, a spectrum or a different percentage of each or picking certain things from each. A verse, there's a lot. A verse is definitely a spectrum and we're going to talk about that. So that's kind of what I gather are the best, simplest ways to describe these three terms. How do you feel about just the descriptions of the terms from like a lesbian perspective? Do you feel like that's kind of how lesbians talk about it too? It's like more of a power dynamic or a control thing? Oh yeah, always. It's always like exactly how this was laid out is the same for lesbian relationships or women loving women relationships for sure. Um, I definitely feel like we use the term switch more often, which we will get into later with verse, like literally same thing. But I like that you said power dynamics too, because it's exactly that. Not everything always feels like it is related to sex. Like it could be two lesbians in a relationship and you might judge who's the top or the bottom based on like personalities or how they like appear in the relationship. The top mm -hmm. will be the more domineering one making like like more decisions or maybe a little bit more like handy vibes and then the bottom would be like a little bit more submissive for right. sure like a submissive personality in a relationship yeah and and obviously it's not at all about penetrative sex or anal sex like it has nothing to do with that and of course lesbians and anyone can use strap-ons and sex and there's lots of different ways to penetrate but like it's not just about that which I think sometimes bottom, top, and verse gets like, or switch, gets pigeonholed into this one thing. And for lesbians and, and everyone, it can be many, many different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So I have a question for you. Do you feel like as a queer woman that you have any sort of pressure to identify with one of these labels, top, bottom, or switch? Have you ever felt that pressure? Have you talked to other lesbians or queer women who have felt that pressure? I've never felt pressure. Never. I feel like um, in certain relationships or experiences you're in, um, you'll probably, you'll know, like, entering that situation or, like, sexual relationship you're having with someone if they are more, like, top energy or they're bottom. Like, you can, you kind of have open discussions about that. But I've never felt pressure. I personally am a switch. And, like, I feel like that's always been my vibe um but i think it depends on to like who you're with and what the circumstances are but it's kind of funny that you mentioned this because i was just at queer brunch with um crystal like my girlfriend and then marley and Britt, who we actually had on the pod uh marley Liz. and marley and Britt were trying to guess um who was the top or bottom or if we were switches like to crystal and i like it became a uh-huh. whole discussion mm-hmm. and we were just talking about like how that is, what that means. Um, and it was fun. But yeah, like, it, there's nothing I would change by the way this is laid out. It it makes sense. And how we talk about it as well. Right, right. That's interesting. Because from what I gather in my research, it seems like for gay men, there is a little bit of like a pressure to identify with one of the three things. Um, especially when it comes to dating apps like Grindr. So you might feel like a lot of the conversations, I, I don't know, I don't know how much y'all know about Grindr. I only know what I know about Grindr through um, gay men that I'm friends with, where they've like shown me conversations or they've talked about Grindr with me. And I think same for you, Purse. And it is a little bit of like a cutthroat place. It's very like, it's, it's a place to me, um, uh, a potential SO for sure, but it's also like very heavy into hookups. And um, it's kind of a place to be very blunt about what you're looking for, especially if you're looking to hook up. And so from what I've gathered from gay male friends of mine is like, when you're talking with a guy about potentially setting up a time to hook up, you have to talk about like, are you a top? Are you a bottom? Are you a verse? So that we can know if we're going to be compatible in bed, like very tactically compatible before we meet up. If we're both tops, for example, then maybe I'm not interested anymore. This is what I've gathered from like conversations I've had in real life and my online research. And, you know, it creates a little bit of a pressure. In some ways, it can be a really helpful way to discuss preferences and boundaries before meeting up with someone. And I think that's true, actually, for any relationship even a straight relationship like to discuss with a potential partner how you are during sex or in a relationship in terms of power dynamics I think that's always going to be a helpful conversation but it's especially helpful for gay men when they're about to get into a potential anal sex situation right um but in other ways it can also feel really stressful and pressure filled and even confining like oh I need to pick a label and then stick to it. But what if one day maybe I want to try the other or something like that? Um, So I found this um, survey 
that uh, discovered that men's sexual position self-label um, for the most part uh, is learned over a 15-year time span. So that's like on average, that men take 15 years to figure out which of these three labels they identify with. Um, and for many people, choosing a label is a slow evolution that has enormous complexity. So in other words, a lot of 30-somethings on apps like Grindr might not totally know their preference yet. Even if they're saying they are a bottom, for example, they might still be figuring it out. So the data actually shows that like, for some people, it's probably an instant realization. It's like, I know what I like, I know what I want. And for other people, it can take 15 years to figure out. That's a and long plus, plus, time span. Right? Yeah, yeah, and I think that part of it is, like I said, this pressure that gay men might feel to like pick one, essentially, um, which is, you know, a common thread. We've talked about the pressure to pick a label in general on this podcast a million times. Queer people are constantly being like asked, yeah, what box do you fit into? And some people just don't fit into a box, which is, I think, where verse comes in um, and is a really interesting part of this conversation. So one thing about the whole like top and bottom dynamic is I feel like people essentially like to make assumptions like about what you'd be maybe based on like your characteristics, like how you'd be in bed just based on how you are, but they could be completely wrong. Oh, yeah. And I feel like maybe there is that type of um, people can kind of get maybe like offended sometimes too about like, oh, you're assuming I'm this way, but like this is actually how I am. And I feel like that's a really interesting point of discussion. And I think like we should never assume, like, I think it's nice to just open up these conversations and, and learn, like, just don't judge. It's like how, when people see a lesbian relationship, they're like, oh, who wears the pants in the relationship? It reminds me of that comment. It's like, oh, which one's the bottom and which one's the top, which one has the power and which one's being submissive and relinquishing the power. Um, And it's just... It's, if you think about it, it's kind of silly to think that that is the only power dynamic that could exist. You know, one person has power and one person doesn't. It's so much more nuanced than that. And it has nothing to do with how you look or how you act or how you talk. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so from the research I did, there was a lot of advice for people who were kind of like still in the process of figuring out um, their label or are like out in the dating world um, to just like use these labels in a productive way. Like use them as jumping off points for discussion and always just ask, like talk to your partner or your potential partner about it and get nuanced. Like if you're a top and your potential partner is also a top, that that might not be the end of the discussion. Like maybe there's more to talk about, about... um, the nuances in between those things and what that means for that person because it can mean something different for everyone. So the main piece of advice that the internet gave me (laughs) was ask. Ask. Thank you, internet. Just like talk about it, be open about it and don't be afraid of the labels. Like we don't, I think that they can be a really effective way to be open about sex. And I actually think even in the straight, even in a straight relationship, this is an interesting conversation to have. And I want to have this conversation with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. It's like inspired me to be like, let's talk about our power dynamics. How do you feel you identify? 
I love that. It's a fun conversation. And like, exactly like you said, I, it does exist in hetero relationships too. We, it's just never really talked about. Yeah, because why as a straight person would I ever be like, oh, I'm a top, I'm a bottom. If anything, it feels like I'm almost appropriating gay culture by saying that. But right? Yeah. <laughs> so and that's not even what I mean. Like we as straight as straight people don't need to be like owning top and bottom as our vernacular. Like I don't think that's the right direction. But it's just like, these power dynamics are so interesting. And I think every person, no matter how you identify sexually, can like, learn something from them. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's explore the term verse more. I'm excited to talk about this because I didn't even really realize that gay men were feeling this like, pressure or like struggle to even fit in with the label verse. Me neither. So guys, the reason why Purse and I chose this topic was because we were inspired by an article we saw on them. And we've talked about them a million times. It's a really great queer publication we love. If you're looking for a new one, check out them. Um, but they posted a story about Troy Sivan, our favorite Troy Sivan. I feel like Purse, you should just input one of our favorite Troy Sivan songs right here. My, my, my is a personal favorite. I know. I was like, either my, 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 or um, what's the one that was one of, one of his first hits? It was called like, oh, Wild, Wild. I remember that. Wow, that was so long ago. Oh, I'm going to play that after. So fucking good. It's so good. Troy's a great artist. Okay, so Purse, tell us about, before we jump into talking about verse, just tell us about this Troy Saban situation really quick. What happened? Yeah, so he ended up speaking out about um, being a verse. And like Sarah said, we saw this on an article from them. And Basically, um, in a clip posted on TikTok, Troy actually brought up his 2018 single, Bloom, which is about bottoming. I actually didn't know that. Me neither. I didn't know that, which I feel so stupid. <laughs> but you know what? I guess I wasn't really listening to the lyrics that, that deep, you know? I was just more like, yeah, but I guess it actually makes sense. Like, the lyric is, I bloom just for you. And basically, he was saying that people really took that and ran with it. Um Troy said, I think in the sort of consciousness of gay people, I'm some crazy power bottom or something, which is not the case. And I just wanted to put it out there. So he's really like stating the facts. Um, I'm not a power yeah. bottom. But also I have the word bloom tatted on my. Uh, mm-hmm. You read my mind. I was just going to say that. What does it mean? Are you a bottom? Listen. <laughs> yeah, I can be. I'm a verse. I'm a switch. So I can be a bottom. Absolutely. Okay. Exactly. And we're going to talk about more about what verse means. And Persis can give us all the insight because, because Persis is a verse. Purse is a verse. So verse is short for versatile, which also I actually didn't really know. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I truly, I hate to admit it. I would love to be like, oh, I knew that. But I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is what this podcast is about. We're learning, you guys. We're learning together. Um, but also, like I said, uh, verse is also known as a switch. And it's someone who enjoys both topping and bottoming. 
And someone who is versed might also like specific parts of topping and specific parts of bottoming, but they don't want to make it to be like, I'm a full top or I'm a full bottom. Mm -hmm. Like they don't want to take that role. Totally. Shanae Adams is a sexuality professional and educator with an MA in clinical counseling. Um, told them that versus switch based on the activity, the partner, the day of the week, the color of their panties, um, they may be motivated to provide the most pleasure experience for themselves and their partners. And I couldn't agree more, actually. Like, Shanae said it very, way better than how I would have explained it. Yeah, I feel like that was a really helpful description because it just paints the the broad scope of colors that of uh, that is verse or switch like it's not about like oh I'm 50% top 50% bottom I really love what Shanae said about that about a verse wanting to just create the most pleasurable experience for them and their partner do you feel like that makes a lot of sense to you as a switch like it could be it could be any mixture of top bottom or anywhere in the middle and it all depends on like what feels the best that day or what your partner really wants that day or what you really want that day oh my god yeah I would never look at it as like 50% bottom 50% top like even me identifying as a switch I would never say that it really depends on the mood it depends like that yeah like exactly like she said like the day of the week it's just the energy it's how you're feeling and sometimes like you're feeling more one way and the other and it doesn't have to stick like that like it can just switch around so yeah absolutely and I think maybe that's why sometimes people might stray away from saying their verse because maybe they like identify with one more than the other but it doesn't have to like be that way you can like both right right which is like I mean it's fluidity it's what we talk about all the time in the queer community like you don't have to be one thing or the other. You could be somewhere in the middle. And that applies to gender, sexuality, everything. Exactly. But because of all these nuances, there are a lot of stigmas that surround the verse community. And we actually didn't know about these stigmas. That's why we're so interested in talking about it. When we saw this Troy Sivan article, the headline of the article said, like, Troy Sivan bravely comes out as verse. And Persis and I were like, bravely? Interesting. And we were like, I wonder why it says bravely. Like, is it is it brave to come out as verse? We truly had no visibility. Even Purse as a switch lesbian, you didn't have the visibility into like, oh, is it brave? And after looking into some of the stigmas, like it actually is really, it's harder for people to identify as verse than it is for people to just identify as a top or a bottom. Bing, bang, boom, you're done. It's because it's it's harder in terms of like what society puts on you because of it. So a few of the stigmas that verse people face. Um, one is that hookups assume that since you've bottomed before, you're always a bottom or vice versa. Since you've topped before, you're always a top. Once again, they're like putting you into a box. Um, another stigma and this one I was like, oh, this would piss me off is that because you're a verse you might quite often be at the mercy of the other person's um, position or sexual desires. So especially for like queer men, if one partner is verse and one partner is top, let's say, then the top might say, oh, you're verse, so you can do anything. 
So why don't we just always do what I want? And no matter what it is, you'll like it, right? Because you're reverse. But it's so much more complex than that for all the reasons we just said. Like as a verse, your desires could be very different depending on whatever the situation is. And I was like, oh, that would piss me off a lot if like my partner or what or hookups even were like, oh, because you're a switch, you'll do whatever I want, right? And it's like, well, what about what I want? Exactly. Exactly. Um, another stigma for verse people is that they're often labeled as either a verse top or a verse bottom instead of just being 100% versatile and fluid. So people assume, people would assume that like you're just saying your verse because you're ashamed to say that you're a bottom. Yeah. I actually feel like I've heard that before. Like I, I feel like I've heard more that it's like you're ashamed to say you're a bottom than you would be as like a top. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm a bottom, but like, or a verse bottom. Like sometimes I verse and sometimes I bottom. Right. And people are like, well, really, you're just a bottom, but you're afraid to say it, which I have a few thoughts on that. The first one is like, I do really think gender roles play into this because why would you be ashamed to be a bottom? I feel like the main stigma is like, oh, well, because it means that I'm submissive. It means that like I don't have any power. I don't have any control or I don't want any power or control. And in traditional gender roles, that's usually the woman, right? The man takes control and the woman is submissive and that's seen as weak and it's seen as not something that you would brag about or advertise to people. Like it's seen as a weakness when it's not like there, it's not weak to be submissive in bed or um, even to be a bit more submissive as a person or in a relationship. And I think be, the way the society sees it, you know what I mean? It's very tied to like traditional gender roles, which I think is so interesting because we're talking about such a queer environment. Oh yeah, and I feel like it's such a it's such a black and white way to look at look at people too like submissive um versus dominant and how like you're known to be weak if you're the submissive one it's all about balance right and i feel like Mm -hmm. that's what even in a relationship if someone is like the more submissive person in the relationship they're thinking like they're the weak one but that is definitely not the case like sometimes i think a submissive person can really bring in balance and calmness to like a top energy that might be like all fire Exactly. And there's power in that. There's nothing to be ashamed of in either one. No, definitely not. But like that stigma still exists. And so um, that's why a lot of people are like, oh, you're a verse. No, you're just secretly a bottom, which reminds me so much of like the bisexual label, for example. And I was saying this to you when we first were talking about the choice of on thing. It's like so many times a man, a bisexual man is viewed as just secretly gay or a bisexual woman is viewed as just curious. Like people are so quick to take someone's label and just invalidate it completely and be like, oh, you're just saying this because you're afraid to say what you really are or you're ashamed to say what you really are, you know? We hear that so much. Like no one really listens. They're like, they're always (laughs) like, oh, like, no, there must be a little more to it. Yeah, or like non-binary people. It's like, oh, you're only saying you're non-binary because like, 
I don't know, you secretly want to be trans or you can't figure it out or whatever. Like there's all these stigmas. And so verse people really do have to deal with that. People being like, you can't be verse. It's just not not listening to who they are and what they want. Yeah, actually, now that you mentioned that, I feel like it makes a lot of sense. And I feel like I've actually heard that a little bit. Like now that I'm really thinking about it, I feel people don't actually believe like you are verse. Like they're always thinking you're one more or the other. Like there has to be something you do more of. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think the them article saying like Troy Sivan bravely comes out. I'm like, actually, I get it. Like it is kind of brave to come out as verse. Yeah. It's a big statement. And especially for a super prominent queer celebrity, right? Like people were ta- people were talking about him being a bottom or a top or whatever, like open, like it's open for discussion. So it's, it's really cool that he was like, no, listen, this is how I identify. And yeah, it doesn't matter what my lyrics say or my persona. Like I, I am who I am. Yeah. Or even if that can change over time or who he's with or who he's hooking up with like totally that could also be the a whole thing like he could be hooking up with someone who's like i just top and then troy bottoms or like vice versa you know what i mean it really depends totally 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 and so i think i think we both understand more like the challenges and also how important it is that troy talked about that openly yeah, exactly. No, definitely understand that more. Because at first, for sure, I was like, I don't really see, like, why? Like, why was that brave? Yeah, we were confused. We were, I was genuinely like, wait, is this, like, being sarcastic? Yeah, like a joke or something? Because I, I didn't understand. But I'm so happy we looked into it because... And I would love to have a gay man who identifies as verse on the pod to talk about it more. Because we might be getting things wrong. Like, this is our interpretation based on the information we found online and I would love to learn like what is the experience like for someone who and do do did they find that Troy saying this was helpful and brave or not I would love to talk to someone about their thoughts (laughs) definitely guys like message us gay men listening we want to know we need to know please (laughs) please because we're clueless because yeah we're we're relying on uh miss internet here but i mean it's been given some value it's like giving us really good information and for me speaking as a lesbian like it's it it all adds up yeah and i do wonder if and i would imagine that many switch lesbians have to deal with a lot of these stigmas too like i i would imagine that a switch lesbian you know matches with a top lesbian on an app and faces some stigma from the top about like only wanting to hook up with the bottom and oh because you're a switch like I don't know like you know what I'm saying I think like that these stigmas can relate to many people across the queer spectrum not just gay men but once again I would love to hear from a lesbian switch who has maybe dealt with some of those stigmas before yeah Yeah, because I got to be honest, like, I haven't really dealt with, like, a stigma. Like, I've kind of always, like, identified in this way. But, yeah, I guess it just, like, all really depends. But, yeah, I I feel like I would love to talk to someone who's really, like, yeah, I've been through it or I'm assumed that I'm, like, this way or... Right. And I do wonder if the differences in 
how you actually have sex compared to gay men helps with that a little bit in in removing some of that stigma. Just the fact that like you can have anal sex, but you don't necessarily need to. And it's the same for gay men. Like gay men don't need to have anal sex, but it's a huge part of, of um, gay sex for men in that whole culture. You know what I'm saying? The fact that maybe lesbians have more options to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that creates like a little bit more fluidity in terms of like the power dynamics and not having to be so um, black and white about like, I'm a top and I'm looking for a bottom. No, I know. I totally hear that. That's so funny. It is so interesting. What do you think about it, right? I'm a top and I am seeking a bot. Yeah, but that I, that's legit how Grinder is. Like when I've been like... I haven't even seen it. Like I've never actually... I don't even think any gay man has like showed me their Grinder profile. Really? When I was traveling in Vietnam, I was traveling with this amazing gay man named um, Benji. I love him to death. Benny, Benny, Benny. I don't. I doubt you're listening, but you're just the love of my life. And he was hooking up with a lot of guys while he was traveling, just getting his. And he would kind of like show me who he was talking to and like, oh, I might hook up with this guy, but I don't know. Um, and uh it's just like a quick it's oftentimes just a very transactional like (laughs) cutthroat interaction it's like hey top seeking bottom obviously like not those exact words like there's a little bit of a conversation but like are you down yeah this is the the dynamic i'm interested in and i think there's i think there's a lot of positives about that i don't like because we're kind of talking about labels in a bit of like a negative light just because of how strict and confining they can be sometimes. But I also think like being super confident about your identity as a bottom or a top, there's a lot of power in that and knowing what you want. If you are, if you're listening and you are a top through and through and you know you're only looking for a bottom, like that's great. Like communicate, if you're communicating that effectively and your partner knows exactly what you're looking for and is also interested, like, and it's consensual, I feel like that's actually a really positive thing. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. It's just another way of, like, it's, like, another form of um, owning, like, your identity. And some people, like, really love yeah. that, you know? And totally. to be like, this is me, and this is what I'm looking for, and this is what I want. It can be very assuring. Yes, definitely. There are a lot of terms in this top-bottom verse switch world that people might not know, including little old me. So Purse, I was hoping you could help explain what some of these terms mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. For Sarah and the girlies. So uh, the first one we're going to talk about is power bottom. And that is someone who is receiving sexual acts, but is in control. We love a power bottom. We, okay. Do we love a power? So why do we love a power bottom? I kind of like that. I feel like the power bottom is the one like you're you're receiving, which is amazing, but you're also like controlling like and telling your other partner or partners like what you want. What you but want. you're getting but you're receiving, you're receiving all that pleasure, but you're like you do this, you do this. Okay, I love that. Yeah, it's like a little bit of like boss energy. Yeah. It's like I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to do it and you're going to make me feel good. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Okay, we love the power bottoms. Oh, we love a power bottom. Are you? Are you sometimes a power bottom? For sure. I mean, I feel like I've been a lot of these. Yeah. It's very true. Like I, yeah, 
definitely depending on the situation, the energy, the mood. Yeah, absolutely. Love. It's all about being in control. <laughs> it is really fun being in control, but it's also quite fun to like let go of control too. Exactly. And that's another thing. Um, letting go of control is like equally as nice. It just depends on your mood. You might oh, just be like, I don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, I think I figured out what you might be. <laughs> Actually, well, I that is a question that I have for you at the end of this. Like, what do you think I am? Because I don't know if I figured it out. I think I have figured it out, but I don't know. Okay. Okay, next, Persis, tell us about service top. I actually had never heard this term until today. What's a service top? So a service top is someone who's performing the acts, but they're receiving the commands from their partner or partners. Okay, so... Okay, so a power bottom, if someone's being a power bottom, it means the other person is being a service top. Yeah, exactly. Ding, ding, ding. Oh. You, you figured out the equation. I actually didn't put two and two together until right now. So if you have a power bottom plus a service top, <laughs> that equals... Multiple orgasms. Wow. Okay, I love, I love that. Let's hear it for the service tops. Exactly. But you're right. I don't hear service top as often. Yeah, I had never heard it until today, but apparently it's a thing. But then we also hear this term, which I'm sure we've even talked about on the pod before, but pillow princess, pillow princesses or stone bottoms. And in these moments, you only want to be on the receiving end of sex at all times. Like if you're a pillow mm -hmm. princess, your head is not leaving that pillow. So would you say, <laughs> I love the term pillow princess. Would you say that like, a pillow princess is someone who only wants to receive and then also wants to relinquish control. Like basically just wants to lay there and be like, do whatever you want to me. Yeah, that's how I would say that is what that exact term would be. You okay. want to be a because they're a princess too, right? Right, right, right. So like, I wonder if stone top is a term. A stone top might really love being with a stone bottom because they're like, I just want to control everything and I want you to just enjoy. Because stone tops will truly like get off on pleasuring their stone bottom or pillow princess. Right. And I feel like a pillow princess would really get off by like being completely submissive. Like, Yep. Letting go of control for sure. They love it. Let's hear it for the stone bottoms and the stone tops. And the pillow princesses. And the pillow princesses. We love them all. Mm-hmm. Are there any terms or slang that I forgot that you hear a lot in the community that we haven't talked about? Oh, my gosh. There probably are so many. But to be honest with you, like, these are the only ones, like, I really know. No, I think you got it. Well, if um, honestly, guys, please let us know if we did miss any because I'm sure there's ones that go into, like, exact, exact details. Yeah, that's what I was wondering about. If someone is so confident about the fact that they are a switch, but they're like 80% top, 20% bottom or something, if there's a term for that. I just feel like the queer community is so good about like having language for all the different identities and feelings you can have and being able to be like, okay, that feels good to know that like that's what I align with. So guys, let us know. There's definitely many terms we missed off of like BDSM slang, like terms mm. and like roles, like 
that that offers as well because have you ever taken that like quiz Sarah like years ago about like how into BDSM are you and it just like yes. literally tells you all the terms but ranks you on like percentages yes you you made me take that test and I can't remember for the life of me what the results were but but I do remember being like what is all this like this is a whole new world it's a whole new world but like you'll see terms in there too like switch top bottom but then there's like all these like other ones as well but I was just like I don't know that's too much for Sarah and I to handle right now we will have to have like a BDSM like sex educator on the podcast totally which we would love to so guys let us know if there's one that you know that you want us to talk to but for right now we just wanted to start with the basics top bottom switch um and purse is there anything else you want to say about the switch experience as a switch yourself yeah I I feel like I'm bravely coming out as a switch bravely girl you are brave on girl on girl podcast yes that's mm-hmm. going to be the next article on on them <laughs> persis abraham bravely comes out as switch on girl on girl podcast <laughs> the article writes itself baby we didn't uh, we didn't pay anyone to post that article they just were seeking out the talent themselves mm-hmm. yeah you know celebrity life it's hard to get used to but well the switch experience is great i mean what i do like about it is that it does kind of take you out of this box of like only being one way because yeah like there's some days you're going to be in the mood to totally let go you had a really really hard day at work it was busy you're like I'm exhausted I just kind of want to be like (laughs) Sarah's just laughing at me right now but you want some no I'm laughing because it's relatable yeah yeah because you're like I just want someone to take control and like I can just enjoy it but you know they're enjoying it too so it's like super pleasurable but maybe there's days you're feeling a bit more dominant and you're feeling very like confident like sexually and just like in your in your um stone top era so (laughs) so that can be um that can be how you're feeling too one day and also if like the person you're you're with is maybe feeling a certain type of way you can take on that role which is nice i think that's what i like about switches is that it opens you up to more possibilities and you're not so stuck Mm -hmm. in one way. So totally. That's what I'd say the switch experience is like. It's just about being open to the possibilities. I love that. That I feel like anytime we talk about fluidity on the pod, I'm always like, yeah, fluidity just feels so fluid and nice. So freeing. Well, Sarah, I actually was really curious about this because I never hear about these terms in the heterosexual community, but I do know it exists. It's like the exact same thing. But in your experience, like, are these terms talked about as often in heterosexual sex? And if not, why do you think that is? Yeah, so I would say no. Top, bottom, switch, these terms are never used in the heterosexual community. I always feel weird when I say the hetero community because it's like... It just, we're just the straights. I'm like, is it a community? I don't know. Um, But the straights do not use those terms. However, after doing this research, I'm like, we absolutely use different terms to talk about the same type of thing. So a huge one that I'm always like hearing the straights say is like, who wears the pants in the relationship? And I know I mentioned that earlier in the episode about lesbians Um, But I actually think that it's maybe even more common in straight relationships because, you know, if a guy is 
more bottom than his top girlfriend, he's whipped. She wears the pants. And it's like this whole, it's this whole thing. And I think if the opposite is the case, if the guy is more dominant and the girl is more submissive, then she's like labeled as weak. Labeled as like, yeah, weak or boring or like a classic woman. So I like it's all power dynamics and we definitely, the straights definitely talk about these power dynamics in our own ways. Um, and in my opinion, not very healthy ways. I think like it, the way that queer people talk about top, bottom, switch, and all the things in between in regards to sex, I think is a really productive way to talk about it, not just for sex, but for the whole relationship and how the dynamic is going to work as a couple. Um, so I, I'm like super inspired to bring these conversations into my relationship, but I'm really hoping that some straight people are listening who feel the same way because... I do think straight people talk about power dynamics, like for sure. I think that in many past experiences, I've talked openly with my my partner about like dominance in sex and elsewhere and power dynamics, but I think we can do better. Straights, I think we can do a lot better. And it's all because of gender roles, which is like the queer community gets to break out of those gender roles and kind of decide on their own how the dynamics are going to be. Yeah. Um, and there's no expectations in terms of like guy-girl dynamics. Um, but I'm feeling inspired personally. And actually, my boyfriend and I have been talking a lot about this in our own way. Not top-bottom switch language, but like talking about power dynamics a lot um, in like a really healthy way. So I'm, yeah, inspired to keep doing that. That's beautiful. I'm glad that actually did inspire you because I think it's important to have these conversations with your partner, right? Like even to just like sit down and talk about it just openly and being like, what do you think about the power dynamic? Or what do you think our dynamic is in the relationship? Like, let's talk about this. How do you feel? And I think like there's things that other people can see in you that maybe sometimes you don't notice. And you'd be like, oh, like I always thought of myself as this way, but they're like, no, I feel like the way you come off is like this. I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting to see yourself in, through someone else's eyes. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never really thought about that. And also, like, what your partner wants is so big. Like, I think sometimes we forget to ask that. Like, do what do you like? Like, what do you want? And And, of course, what do I like and what do I want? But, like, are you – do you feel like you're a switch? Like, do you – what percentage of dominant would you like to be compared to submissive? Crystal and I literally talked about that today. Exact, like, verbatim. Pretty much what you just said. Like, finally dive that. into it. Like, what do you think you are and what, what do you like? Like, or are there yes. things that you'd be like, this is an absolute no to me? Because, like, I identify totally. in this kind of way. Yeah. What are the boundaries? And also, like, what external factors contribute to what you want? So, like, kind of like you said, if you've had, like, a long, hard day at work – you might want to be more bottom energy. Like that's something to talk about. Like, you know what, babe, after a really long day at work, I'm definitely more bottom energy or like on, on Mondays, I feel more top or whatever. Like it can be any external. Monday. Like, I don't know. Mondays is just like when you get your shit done. <laughs> Mondays I'm in my boss stone top era. Okay. 
I love that. I love that. But you know what I mean? Like all the external factors, like Shanae mentioned earlier, like the color of your panties, like all these factors that can contribute to your power dynamic that, that day or whatever. Or like, yeah. Anyway, I think it's important to talk about. Oh, yeah, no, and I'm totally playing with you because it's so true. Like, even to say, like, on Monday, I feel this way, it, it kind of makes sense. It There are certain days where you kind of also can – we all have, like, certain routines or some of us, I guess, have a routine. So you kind of know, like, certain days you're probably going to, like, have that energy. Totally. Totally. And, like, especially for women, like, all my ladies listening um, who are women who experience having periods, like – even just the shift in your hormones, the the this your cycle and how it changes month to month, like that can be a huge contributing factor for me in terms of how I'm feeling, top bottom switch, and so like even that is an interesting an interesting thing to talk about with your partner. It's like you know what during the follicular phase, I feel like bottom only. <laughs> I like that. It can really be that specific and it can also be totally nuanced and not specific at all. So it just like maybe this episode, if you're listening, <laughs> is an invitation for you to just like think about these things and explore within yourself so you can communicate better to your partner and ask your partner questions about themselves. And you'll really enjoy the conversation, like how fast and how fascinating is it to, to know what exactly do you like? Mm-hmm. And it can be a very sexy conversation, too. I mean, depending on what you're talking about, but, like, it can be a little uh, foreplay. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Oh, my God. Girl, I have learned so much about this in the last hour. I'm so grateful for this podcast. Me, too. Me, too. And we're learning as we go. I mean, even Sarah was learning, like, all of this recently, and I signed on to record this podcast with her, and I was like, you have to take it away. <laughs> yeah. I learned all this, like, in the last two hours. <laughs> but, guys, anything we missed, please let us know. We would love to talk about this again, maybe go into more detail, whatever. Whatever y'all want, you can always DM us at Girl X Girl Podcast. But before we move into In Case You Missed It, Purse, I wanted to ask you, what do you think I am? Oh my gosh. Okay. I, I definitely think you're a verse. Wait, but okay. I, I don't want to say you're just a verse. I feel like you could also be a power bottom. So like power <laughs> bottom meets like verse. Interesting. Okay. So honestly, I haven't really figured it out yet because I've just been learning all the, all about this like today, <laughs> to be honest, slash in the last two years of doing this podcast, I've learned a little bit. Um, but I would say you're right. I'm a switch, but I think maybe a little more skewing towards bottom, not power bottom, not power bottom. Yeah, I think. <laughs> you got a little too, you were, you were like relatable, relatable when we were talking about like. Pillow princess. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I would say, and I'm still exploring this, so guys, don't hold me to it, okay? But I would say that I'm a switch for sure, but then a tiny bit more, maybe like, you know, like 10 or 20% skewing towards, I don't want to say pillow princess, but like something in that world. I hear you. So maybe not full pillow princess, but like bottom. Yeah, just like bottom. Yeah, just like more submissive. Okay. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. 
That is like, that is news. Alert the media. Yeah, I feel like because I'm an Aries, it might be like, sure, she's a switch, but like, yeah, power bottom or maybe more top energy, but actually, no. Because when we were reading about power bottoms, I feel like that could be me more than like the pillow princess because I can be very like vocal and very like I like to. But that's so funny because I think people, and like not to bring astrology into it immediately, lol, but I do think people would assume of a Libra that because you're not very decisive and because you're more like diplomatic then maybe you would be a bit more bottom and a bit less power bottom you know what I'm saying and then the opposite might be assumed of an Aries but we do not fit into boxes you guys exactly it all depends yeah exactly so don't assume like that's exactly it but you know what I just realized something maybe the way you are in your like everyday life Maybe sex is a place where, like, that can bring out some of the things that you don't necessarily portray in your everyday life. So, like, you are a pretty true blue Libra in your everyday life. And maybe the bedroom is a place where you can, like, let out that dominant side a little bit. You know what I mean? And, like, really express what you want, like, decisively which must be so cathartic. Whereas for me, it feels a little bit more like so much of my day, I'm being quite like um, assertive. Yeah, assertive and confident. And um, I feel maybe for me, the bedroom is a nice place to just like completely relinquish control and just like not even have to, not have to make any decisions for a second and just like be that actually makes a lot of sense I feel like that could so many people could probably relate to that yeah I feel like I had just a little bit of a revelation there oh yeah absolutely good thinking thanks girl thanks for having this combo with me oh my god oh my god I love it and honestly like you're inspired I am too like honestly after this I want to talk to Crystal like more about it just because it's like it's just fun it's like open conversations and these like topics don't get spoken about enough especially between partners I don't think totally and I think finding a partner who's interested in having these conversations and excited about having them is so key and I'm really grateful that we both have partners right now who fit that description yeah exactly it's really nice because like why not talk about these I find it so fascinating I could talk about it for like hours me too but unfortunately purse we have to get into in case you missed it so we're gonna have to play our little music and move on with the show yeah move on with the live show ladies and gents everybody in between (laughs) the live imagine if we recorded these podcasts live and you could only tune in at the time we recorded we would have one listener and it would be your mom maybe we could try ig live again yeah oh yeah i forgot about that i forgot about ig live okay guys love you so much let us know if you're a top bottom a switch or something in between and if you want us to talk about it again holler at your girls holler at your girls s&p wow sarah this is this is wild the headline alone is like very shocking i know so guys Guys, in case you missed it today is an upsetting one, but important to talk about. So in case you didn't know, Italy um, has 
a new prime minister named Georgia Maloney, and she's extremely far-right conservative. Um, and a lot of her ideals and her party's ideals are similar to like the far-right conservative American party. Homophobic, no, like pro-life, blah, 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 stuff like that. Thing, things that we don't condone here on Girl on Girl. Um, however, it is, it is, you know, concerning to watch what's happening in Italy from afar now that um, Georgia and her party have taken, taken over. Um, and one of the things we heard about recently that is really upsetting is that Italy is starting to remove gay mothers from children's birth certificates in some um, cities. So basically, the government is trying to crack down on same-sex parenting like as a whole. Yeah. So uh, populist Prime Minister Georgia Maloney announced in March 2023 that state agencies should no longer register the children of same-sex couples. Um, And this sparked a whole bunch of protests in Milan specifically. So um, families have begun receiving letters from the state prosecutor reporting that 27 parents in the northern city of Padua have been issued notices that they were being removed from their child's birth certificate. So basically, like, if there's a same-sex couple and both parents are on the birth certificate... Their one parent or both are being legally removed from the birth certificate completely. My God, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so sad. That's like a that's like such a I can't even wrap my head around that. Like to think like this is your child and literally on their birth certificate your name isn't even associated with with them anymore and that's your child. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of serious implications to this. Like, of course, it's just at a base level, it's sad and horrible that to think that you wouldn't be on your own child's birth certificate. But there's also like real life implications. Um, For example, this policy means that only the recognized biological mother has parenting rights. So say like you and your, you and Crystal, one lived in Italy and one of you decided to, um, you did IVF and one of you decided to carry the baby. Say Crystal, Crystal would be allowed to stay on the birth certificate and your name would be taken off. That means that if the birth recognized birth mother, Crystal, in this example, was to pass away, then the child would be handed either to relatives or to um, the state's care. Like into the, into like, you wouldn't have rights. Yeah, you wouldn't have rights over your own child because your name isn't on the birth certificate. That is so upsetting. Mm-hmm. 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 And there's a lot of different implications outside of that. It's like things like if your name isn't on the birth certificate, you might not be able to go pick up your ki- kid from school. Or like like it has implications legally where like you wouldn't be able to care for your child in the way that you need to because you wouldn't be recognized as a biological parent. My God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of like legal implications to that. And like, yeah, rights you would lose in something as simple as like picking up your kid from school and like needing to like go get them from the office or something. But like you can't like in those times, like an adult has to like sign off as being your parent or you have like someone who was like, oh, like, you know, given permission to pick you up, I guess. But still, yeah, this is, it's just sad. Yeah, and already it's so hard for Italian couples to adopt and get IVF. So 
in 2016, um, Italy's former government, which was like center-left kind of vibes, legalized same-sex marriage. But they stopped, after that, they stopped um, short from issuing full adoption rights because the Catholic Church was really opposing it. So they legalized gay marriage, but they were like, okay, you can get married, but you can't adopt. So gay, yeah, so gay couples have been forced to leave the country if they want to adopt or go through like IVF or surrogacy. And so it's already so difficult for Italian same-sex couples to have children and then to come back and hopefully start this life in Italy and then not be able to, for both parents to have their names on the on the birth certificate. It's just like hurdle after hurdle and because that old government is out of office now and this new far-right government is in office like it's only going to get more difficult they're going to keep passing laws like this oh yeah and also i wouldn't even want to like go back and like raise my family there to be honest i would feel like incredibly unsafe yeah it's tough because like there is a big queer community in italy and like there are protests happening like it's like it's not that italy as a whole it's kind of like america like america is it's not that America isn't progressive. It's just that like there's so, so polarized that like somehow the right got more right and the left got more left. You know what I mean? And I think the same thing's happening in Italy. It's like it's not necessarily that it's unsafe for you to be queer in Italy. Like there's actually some pockets of like really flourishing queer communities there, but like now it's polarized and this far right government is making it more dangerous for sure. My gosh, yeah, but it's like more difficult it's like steps and exactly like this intention of um like the right wing and why they're doing it it's like part of the right wing government's crackdown on same-sex parenting like they're trying to make a statement here by saying like we yeah like you're technically not um the real parent or something like that of this child right like it's not it's not natural exactly but the funny thing is they did a poll last month, so it would have been in June, I think, um, that found that two-thirds of Italians had positive views around same-sex parenting and adoption. So, like, two-thirds of Italians are, like, totally pro same-sex parenting, queer rights, adoption. So I don't, the government's not reflecting the Italian, like, consciousness. I really think that it's it's just, like, the same thing that's happening in America. It's like a big pendulum that's swinging from side to side. So, and imagine you had to like leave your leave Canada in order to raise your family, like you leaving your leaving your family and your friends and your life and like yeah. So there are protests happening and hopefully like this law can be turned around at some point. I hope so too, but like listen, even the fact that like a lot of Italians are like against the government like already gives us some hope and there's a photo here that Sarah and I see um, as we're reading the article and there's a lot of like support of of the queer community happening here. So hopefully Mm -hmm. we do see some changes. And also like this news is just so disheartening. I just like never understand it. Like it's just one thing after another. Georgia Maloney. Yeah, she's she's um, it's concerning. And I also think in places like Italy, the Catholic Church is just so involved, like church and state. There's not as much of a separation. So like, fuck. I don't know. But you guys, anyone listening who lives in Italy, we'd love to hear your perspective of what's been happening there since Georgia Maloney took over and just 
I think it would give us all a little bit of perspective um, from someone who actually lives there about what has been happening. When did she take over? I believe it was last year. Let me see. She took over in October 2022. She's the first woman to ever hold this position of Italian prime minister. That's always the way, isn't it? It's like, I feel like, I feel like almost always when it's like the first woman, it's like a, it's like a milestone for women, but then it's like a huge step back for every other group. It's like, why can't it be both? October, 2022. Very recent. Very recent. Yeah. So she took over and I believe when she took over Italy, what there were a lot of protests, like similar, a very similar thing to Trump. My gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um we'll keep an eye on on this um and we'll talk about it more for sure as things come up but we just wanted to share that news with you guys and hopefully you're feeling as fired up as we are um and it's so sad but we we it's really important to talk about so that we can stay informed and help in any way we can our italian queer friends absolutely oh my gosh yeah please like let us know any more information if you have it and um yeah, we'll keep you guys posted. And I also want to like stay on top of this. I'm really curious to know if there are going to be any changes or if these protests are actually going to like do anything. Hopefully they do. I hope so. Sad. It is sad. sad. Sorry to end this episode on such a sad note, but we love you guys so much. Thank you for hanging out with just the two of us this week. We've been doing a lot of interviews lately and they've been lovely, but sometimes it's nice to just hang out with you, Purse. It's nice. I was actually trying to think if we had done a solo since you came back from your trip. Or no, we have. Maybe one. I think one. And it was just to be like, Persis has a girlfriend and Sarah's back from her. T- and we were so excited. Exactly. True. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. And just getting back to our roots, getting back to how we started this crazy ride. If you like this episode, if you like the podcast, tell your friends to listen. Give us a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts and a review. Those really help. And yeah, just keep spreading the love, y'all. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, baby. Always. This weekend, I'm going surfing on the Oregon coast. So I'm going to be doing a lot of swimming. Oh, yeah. You were going to say that you were going to be there on Monday, right? Monday? You're still there, too? Mm -hmm. I'm going for the long weekend. Oh, my God. It's the long weekend. We have Monday off. Yeah, girl. Hello. I keep forgetting it's the long weekend. Yeah. In Canada, not every province, but in a lot of Canada, it's a long weekend. So anyone listening who has the day off, enjoy. Oh, that actually makes me so happy. It came up really quick. I know. I know. I'm going to be riding some waves. That's so fun. How far is it for you to get there? Like eight hours driving. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Yeah, it'll be fun, though. It'll be a fun road trip. Yeah, of course. Love a road trip. Okay. Love you, Persis. Love you, Sarah.